Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. All right, good morning. Welcome online campus. Welcome everybody in the room. Glad that you're here today. It is a great and exciting time. We get a brand new series we start for the month of February. We're glad you're here. It's called Bridges. Some of you might remember, well, now nobody remembers this. Like a bridge over trouble. It was a song that played when I was a kid, like all the time. It, it was Simon and Garfunkel, I think, wasn't it? Anyway, but it was one of those things where, uh, you know, bridges are connecting points. And we're going to talk about that this month. Go ahead and open your Bibles and mark the 12th chapter. And then we'll kind of weave in a couple other things in the Word of God. This is a great story of Jesus, verse 28. Then one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, perceiving that he had answered them well, asked Jesus, which is the first commandment of all? The word first there in the Greek is the word protos, which means prototype. What is the prototype commandment? What's the greatest commandment? What's the most important one that we can all copy and emulate? Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments, the prototype is Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the prototype. And the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, listen, if you uh, when we went to Israel uh, a couple of times, what you find out is that the, the Deuteronomy chapter 6 uh, says the whole thing about hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. It's called the Shema to the, to the Jews, even to this day. It's called the Shema. It's something, it's, it's considered the essence of all of Scripture for the Jews. That loving God and loving others is the key. Now, Jesus ratifies it in the New Testament, said, okay, that part isn't over either. This is still the most important, the prototype for everything in the way we're supposed to live. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 says in the Amplified, don't be so deceived and misled. Evil companionships, communion associations, corrupt and deprave good manners and morals and character. Message to this way, bad company ruins good manners. Some of you listen to bad company like I do. But anyway, that's another three people. Umberto and me is usually Umberto and me that get all the old references to music. Anyway, Proverbs 13, 20 from the message to this, become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. Let's pray together one more time. God, would you open the eyes of our heart and change us. Let your word work in us for it's able to save us and change us from the inside out. And we welcome you and we welcome the change. In Jesus' name, amen. This month we're talking about bridges and the tagline is this, knowing which bridges to cross, which bridges to build, and which bridges to burn. 
In my life, I, I've been much more of a bridge builder and a bridge crosser than a bridge burner. In fact, I used to say, I don't, I don't like to burn bridges. Like previous jobs, when I would leave a job, I always made sure I gave proper amount of notice and I left making sure the relationships were good. I didn't want to burn any bridges. But you know, the reality in life is that there are some relationships and some things that are so toxic that if you leave the door open, it'll call you back. If you've come from any type of life of addiction, you know it to be true. That, that you can be free for a long time and all of a sudden something will just call you back. We had a, a guy in our church years ago who had had a crack addiction. And it was a guy you wouldn't even expect. And, and he would be free for a long period of time. And all of a sudden, he said it was like something, like the enemy pulled a chain. And he would go running back to it and he felt like he couldn't help himself. And then he'd be like, we couldn't find him. His wife couldn't find him. We, 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 like he would disappear for days or, or a week and just drop out. The guy had a good job. He was a smart, intelligent guy, God-fearing guy, loved the Lord. But he didn't know how to burn those bridges completely. He always left another, enough of a trail of breadcrumbs back that if something happened, something bothered him something traumatic, he would run back to the same thing. And I'm telling you, there are some bridges that you have to cross, some bridges you have to build, but there's some bridges you gotta burn. And I'll tell you this, when you, when you can discern the difference and act upon it by faith, it can make a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, difference in your life. It can really affect you, amen? The essence of life is relationships. And I'm gonna say this month, we're gonna talk about authentic relationships. Authentic relationships. And I'll, talk, I'll explain that more next week. God is obviously the first relationship you wanna want build. Family, friends, coworkers. This month we're gonna be teaching you about developing and managing relationships and connections. And man, it's such a need. It's such a need. As I said last week, you can, you can fool yourself into believing that social media is actually meeting a social need in your life, but it's not. It's a, it's a virtual relationship. It's not real. It's something you can, you may start a relationship there, but if you just keep relationships online or you keep your friends on Facebook, well, get, let me tell you something. You, that, that, that can be very limiting and actually limit the skills of the generations that's rising right now from actually understanding how to look somebody in the eye and have a conversation, how to look somebody in the eye and go beyond just rhetoric. How's the weather? How's life going? Oh, I'm fine. People in our generation that's rising are forgetting how to actually build authentic relationships. Now, God made you to commune with him. The Bible says Adam and Eve walked with God in the cool of the day. That means it's cool to walk with God in the day, Right? They walked with God in the cool of the day, the Bible says. Sin messed it up and changed that dynamic right away. And so what the enemy does is he tries to tempt you in areas where you've been weak because he knows your weakness is better than you do and your blind spots because he knows if he can trip you up, he can put a wall of separation between you and your primary relationship, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Man, I'm telling you, I mean, I've loved the Lord for a long time, but I'm wondering what that really looks like. Loving God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all of your strength. That's an amazing statement, isn't it? If you meditate that, think about that, it'll challenge you. The highest relationship is supposed to be between you and your heavenly father. A covenant connection. Not a roller coaster. A covenant connection that, that grows. Now, every life has a few bumps in the road, but God wants to be that constant for you. Why? Because when you get vertical love, you and God, right? Out of that, and this is why, this is why the love of the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength is first. And then the horizontal and love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. We're going to talk about loving yourself a little bit too because a lot of people misinterpret that in this generation. Um, it's supposed to be with everything in you, with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The closer that bond becomes with God, the healthier your other inner connections will become because it's an outflow of that relationship, that primary relationship that makes everything else. Love your neighbor as yourself. The culture today has produced people that are in love with themselves, but don't love themselves. Let me say that again. The culture I believe today, and we all battle it, is that we get so enamored with self. That's not what this is, that's not what Jesus is talking about. He's not talking about being in love with yourself and be selfish. He's talking about have self-respect. Have an honoring, understand who you are, how you were made, how that relationship with God works. And in that, out of that, there comes this outflow of healthy connections with others. Can you say amen? amen. People in our, in our culture are in love with themselves, but largely separated from God. And the whole thing is you can't really love yourself the way you can't really... You can't really agape. You can't really, you can't really love unconditionally. And listen, love is sacrifice. Love is sacrifice. And so part of, your, part of loving yourself is acceptance of the way God made you. And stop letting everybody else tell you. Listen, I was reading something the other day. We were talking about it with the pastors. Um, the problem right now is online people are asking Google everything and asking God nothing. They're asking, Google is teaching our kids about sex. That's a problem. Google is teaching people about things that Google actually knows nothing about because it's not a person. It's a machine. And what you and I have to understand is that God wants us to go to him and learn how to build that relationship and out of that, we begin to discover who we are and we can, listen, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Yeah, you're supposed to love yourself, but not, be so, not, not in love with your flesh, not in love with your carnality, not making excuses and justifying your sin. That's not self-love. That's selfishness. And that's the root of all evil. That's the, that's the thing that pulls you down. That's the root of sin 
in your life and in mine. People have no concepts right now of real healthy friendships, healthy love. Things are made uh, on television, Hollywood. We'll talk about that in a bit. But things are made to look like they're dirty. They're supposed to be healthy. And my friends, if we in the body of Christ don't get it, and understand it and grab a hold of the way God made us to be, there's no hope for anybody else because we're his kids. And so we have to grab a hold of this and learn how to build the right kind of bridges. You can only truly love yourself when you embrace your true identity. That's God, the way God made you. We're called to love Christian brothers and sisters and love lost people while simultaneously being discerning in the relationships that we're investing in. Let me say it this way. Relationships are some of the biggest investments you'll ever make. Why? Because remember I said that resources, when you're younger, you think the primary, first and most important resource you have is money. But I'm telling you, the older you get, the more you realize that the most important resource is time. Why? Because you can't get any, you can always get more money, but you can't get more time. That's why the Bible says that God wants to redeem our time because the days are evil. The days are, the days are sucking it up. The days are stealing it. The days are consuming time and time is going. And we're not just biding time. Listen, time is a resource. Why? Just like money, you can spend time you can save time. You can waste time. It's a resource, but you'll never get it back. If you're not making memories with your kids this week, they're going to be grown next week. And you think I'm crazy. If you're putting up with a baby right now and not getting any sleep, you think that I'm, well, that, 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 that old dude doesn't know what he's talking about. These, these nights are endless. Yeah, they're endless for a minute. Okay, a few minutes. We had a colicky baby. Our first one cried for six weeks, nonstop. The only way we could get him to be quiet is to drive him around in the car back in 1980 when nothing was open late except Dunkin' Donuts. My wife had the baby, I gained 30 pounds. <laughs> so I understand about, it feels long when you're in the midst of it, but I'm telling you, the Bible says life is like a vapor. And those of you that have grown kids, those of you, those of you that, that are parents or now grandparents, and your kids are adults, you look back and you go, oh my gosh, what happened? And in the conversations we have with our kids now having their kids, the, their favorite times were when we did stuff that was just making a memory on purpose, okay? We, they still talk about the fact that we picked them up from, they used to go to Shores Christian Academy before we had our new generation school here, and we would pick them up sometimes from Shores Christian Academy or later, now new generation, and... Um, We'd pick him up on a Friday and just take off for 24 hours and drive over, get a hotel over in Ormond Beach, some kind of cheap place, and, 
you know, AAA rates or something and, and just go and just spend the night. And just, we have their bags packed. And they still talk about those. It's, those. it's those little things you did that were unusual where you were showing an effort. Time is an investment. And you and I can become so enslaved to the urgent that we miss the important. We can become so enslaved to what's screaming at us, especially at work, that we miss the intentional moments of simply making memories and connections with our kids. I love y'all in this church. I love you. I love being your pastor. But there have been moments in 30 years where People have been very close and up some, and just they're, and then they're gone. Thank God our kids are still here. Thank God our kids still love God. And now they're serving God in ministry, and now our grandkids are coming up, and they're finding the same way. Listen, they're free to be human, but thank God that there's something that God did right. I can't take, my wife and I realize we can't take the credit. But we t- I will tell you this, we invested, especially she invested and made sure that I invested in making memories with the most important people in our lives, our children. Time is moving, but you've got to grab a hold of it in terms of relationship. And we need discernment today more than any other time in history. Why? Because the lines of demarcation have become so blurred, haven't they? Remember Robin Thicke's song a few years ago, Blurred Lines? The lines are blurred, man. There's so much, there's so much, you know, when, when we were coming up in the things of God, there was a, there, it was either black or it was white. It was either true or it was error. It was either righteous or it was sinful. Today, the lines are so blurred. Why? Because the enemy wants people to be confused. Thank God that he is not the author of confusion, but the author of peace. Our God is clear. The lines are still clear if you're looking. The lines are still clear if you're listening. If you have ears to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, the lines will still be clear in your conscience and in your heart, but not in the culture. The culture's changed. I'm not condemning it. I'm just saying in the culture, we were always supposed to be the light of the world anyway. They're not supposed to tell us what's righteous. We're supposed to show them how to live. Now, relationships come in all shapes and sizes. The problem is we want one size fits all. We want to look at a relationship. We say, well, okay, well, this is this, and oh, I know what that is. But all relationships are unique. In fact, your relationships with your own kids have to be individual and unique to them. Why? Because they're different people. In case you hadn't noticed, you can have children that have the exact same mother, father, DNA, upbringing, and they are night and day. And you just look and you go, oh my gosh, what in the world? We had, we had an exercise this morning. We did a, like an icebreaker. We did at our huddle, which is where we gather our now crew that are serving every Sunday. And Pastor Tristan was having us, you know, today we had to, he drew a line in the middle of the room and he said, okay, if you like 
Uh, which do you like better, cake or ice cream? If you want a cake better, go on this side. If you like ice cream better, go on this side. And we did that kind of thing for a few minutes. And I was looking at uh, Sydney and uh, Sarah Seavers, sisters, and over half of the times they were on opposite sides of the line. And I said to Sydney, I said, are you guys opposites on this? She goes, I didn't think we were. You know, we like the same stuff. But the reality is, in this life, everybody's got a unique personality. The cool thing about God is, when he builds a relationship with us, he builds it custom-made for you right now. Not just custom-made, custom-made for you where you are now. Not where you were, not where you're going to be. God knows you, and he builds bridges toward you right where you are. And he wants that kind of relationship with you. But you've got to be aware of that. You've got to be, you be receptive of that. Relationships are not one size fits all. There are layers and levels. Jesus showed his resurrected body. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 6, Jesus showed his resurrected body to 500 people. After he rose from the dead and before he ascended to heaven, he was walking around for 40 days showing himself to people. The Bible says he showed himself to 500 people personally and said, I'm here. Go wait in the upper room because the Father is about to pour out his spirit. 500. 120 actually hung around. That means, if my math is correct, 380 went, oh, he's resurrected. Oh, look at that shiny thing. <laughs> oh, that's great, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. Oh. You would think that if you saw Jesus in, the, in his physical body, resurrected, and the, the nail prints in his hands, the wound in his side, and he says, okay, I'm here, I died for you, let's build a relationship. And I'm about to ascend into heaven, and when I do, just wait. The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out not many days from now. Just go wait over there. 500. 380 found they had to catch a bus. There was something on TV. Something distracted, something came up. Now, out of the 500, 120 went to the upper room. Um, we know that he empowered 70 disciples to go before him in various cities and proclaim the kingdom of God, healing and deliverance. But he also he had the big 12. We got, you know, the disciples that became the apostles. But within that, he had the three, Peter, James, and John, that went with him to more intimate settings like the Mount of Transfiguration. Now, God is no respecter of persons, but he still had layers and levels of relationships of people he could depend on for whatever level they had the capacity for. And I'm telling you that you and I, have, you and I could go much deeper. We could go get, become much more intimate with God if we're leaning in and he knew he could entrust us with that intimacy. In your relationships, in your world, not everybody has the right to be in your inner circle. But you've got to begin to use some discernment to know where everybody is. You know, remember, remember um, Meet the Parents? The circle of trust. 
you get out of my circle. I don't do a good De Niro. But if you get out of the circle, you can't come back in. Thank God, even when we've been out of his circle, he paid the price so we can come back in. Amen. But you've got to be, and I've got to be discerning about these relationships. Jesus had to manage relationships and human expectations and insecurities. We know there was jealousy because James and John were always asking, hey, 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 listen, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, can I sit on your left hand or your right hand? Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be so cool. Can you do that? Can you do that? You know the others were going like, leave those sons of thunder back here. They're too young. They're too immature. They're too whatever. Jesus had to manage this thing. We know there was jealousy. We know there was competition and bickering behind the scenes. Why? Because every relationship has chemistry. Toxic relationships are formed with bad chemistry. Now, I know we're not going to, most of the people won't admit it in the room, but anybody ever watch The Bachelor? Okay. Got one hand up. But anyway, other people looking down, nodding. Monday's our day off. So Monday night is, that's our, that's our guilty pleasure. My wife and I watch The Bachelor. Talk about toxic relationships. You get one person in that home with the others, and it is a nightmare. This season, I've talked to the TV because The Bachelor this, this season is about as discerning as a flea. He doesn't listen to anybody. He sells them out. He does the dumbest things. A couple weeks ago, and I know, please don't switch me off just because you don't like it, you don't watch it. I know most of you actually watch it, but you just don't want to tell anybody next to you. I get it. I get it. That's why I'm admitting I watched The Bachelor. Not just once. I've watched every one since the first season. Thank you very much. Thank you. Trista and Ryan are still together. Anyway, nobody knows who that is. I mean, it's now like season 67 or something, you know, because they do two a year. It's like way down the road. But this, this bachelor is a knucklehead. He's a pilot that doesn't even know how to read instruments. And I yell at this guy. His name is Peter Weber. And I yell, Peter, you're so stupid. I don't, usually, I, don't usually, I don't usually respond to The Bachelor like I do, like I watch football. But this season I've made an exception. Because this guy is so thick, he, he, has, he, he feels some stuff going on. So a few weeks ago, he gets, bear with me, Victoria P. And he says, he says, I trust you. Tell me what's going on with Aliyah or Leah, whatever her name was. Huh? Is it a lady? Somebody knows. Ashley knows. Ashley knows. Thank you, Ashley C. Anyway. So he asked her, so what's going on? She said, well, I'll tell you. Since you, know, you say you trust me, she's really causing trouble with everybody. And she was. She was a piece of work. Now, he comes back, and he goes to the one she just, that, that's causing all the problem, and he says, Ash, uh, he says uh, Victoria P., just told me that you're a pill, that you're a mess. 
and, asked, and, and, and as he asked the questions of the ones, now he goes through, that girl gets kicked off and comes back and he gives her the rose on the group date. If you don't watch it, you don't know what I'm talking about. It's okay. It's a, all I'm saying is some people today, in, you, you look at and you just say, this guy, he, just, he now offended every woman that's, that's still left on the show because he wouldn't listen when all of them were saying, this lady's a mess. She's a mess. And so now he's made his bed and he is lying in it, laying in it. I don't even know what the right English, the English teachers are in the room saying, oh no, he said the wrong thing. Understand that that's a picture of our world. That's why I watch it as a sociologist. If you put nitro and glycerin and you break the, the bottle and put them together, you've got TNT. And I'll say, let me say this. There are people in the world that are the glycerin to your nitro. There are people that the enemy would love to put in your path that can blow up the wrong thing or bring the wrong thing out of you. So you got to guard that heart of yours from being foolish and looking for love in all the wrong places. I don't know why I'm doing songs today, but anyway. <laughs> Understand that in this world that some things are explosive when they're combined, so you got to guard. Some relationships are worth more of an investment than others. What do these people bring out in you? Here, here's, this is where we're getting to the bottom line for today. What do... You've got to look, when you're building some relationships, what do these people bring out? For those of you that are single, that are ready to mingle, don't go on The Bachelor, please. We don't want to see that. No, if you're in that place where you're building relationship, would you please take, before you get your heart and your emotions all entangled, through all kinds of stuff you shouldn't be doing when you're doing it? Would you please take a minute to ask some people that love you the, the kind of effect they see that those people have on your life? I'm not saying ask everybody's opinion. I'm saying ask your mama. Okay? Ask your mama. Your mama will tell you the truth. Why? Because mamas see it. And they know the chemistry. Listen, when my wife and I started dating, my mother loved her more than she loved me. <laughs> and then she became a mother-in-law. But that's another story. That's another, they still, they love my wife. They love my wife. But I'm telling you, when we were dating, we broke up for a while after high school. And my sister and my parents, I brought other girls to the house and they said, no. We don't like them. We like Gail. So you got And my mother said, no, no, you don't need to be with that one. You need to be with that one. But I didn't listen to my mother for a few weeks or a few months. I had to get the revelation for myself by doing dumb things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Listen to your mother. That's the, that's the word of the Lord. You want a now word? Here's the now word. This is for somebody. 
at the online campus. <laughs> Listen to mama. And for others, for those of you that are married, men, listen to your wife. Please listen to your wife. Thus saith the Lord. Uh, no, you got, wait a minute, I forgot. Prophecy's got to be in the other voice. <clears throat> for the Lord says, huh, listen to your wife. I'm just saying, why am I saying this? Because she's got discernment that they call intuition that you don't have. I'm not saying obey her. I'm just saying, listen, we, in, our ha- in our family, we always say this. I'm the head of the house. The husband is the head, and it's true. But the wife is the neck, and the neck turns the head wherever it shall wilt. <laughs> Ladies, use your influence wisely, okay? And when you have those warning lights about someone or something, say it. Even if we go, ah, no, no, just, just hold that. Let's see. 99% accuracy, this girl right over here. I shouldn't even be saying it while she's in the room because now she's going to hold against me. Next time I go, ah. <laughs> and I know it, but it's still true. I'm under an anointing right now. I can't, I can't lie. <laughs> Everyone you know has an effect on you. Is it positive? Is it negative? Is it godly or, or dark? You are becoming, here's what the Bible teaches. You are becoming like those you're hanging out with most. You are becoming like those you hang out with most. 1 Corinthians 15, most of you know the, this scripture. I said earlier, bad company ruins good manners. The people you hang out with are those you are becoming like. Some people you enjoy aren't really your friends. Maybe you're drawn to the thrill of carnality. Maybe it feeds something in your flesh that God is trying to heal. But healthy relationships are built on a bridge called trust. T-R-U-S-T, trust. Trust, we've always said around here, is like a bridge. You got the bridge of trust. Here's what happens. Somebody messes up and the bridge begins to be weakened. Somebody betrays your trust and they blow the bridge up. And as a Christian, what happens is when somebody messes up, they'll start, people that mess up will start quoting you every scripture about forgiveness. And those scriptures are true. But let me just say to you, because you need to get this, forgiveness doesn't rebuild the bridge. Restoration does. Forgiveness is instant. 
can be, should be instant, and it's based on you making a decision, not a feeling. Restoration is an investment of a process of time. And only you can answer to what level you're willing if somebody blew up the bridge. Now, thank God, healing is possible. Forgiveness is real. But understand that violation of trust blows up the bridge or breaks it down. And depending on the level of association that you've built, you have to begin, and listen, nobody's perfect. We've all, set, we've all violated friendships in small ways by saying the wrong thing or talking behind your friend's back or whatever else. And you get caught in the trap. That's some, but I'm talking about major violation, betrayal, broken bridge, blown up bridge of trust. You got to forgive, but restoration is several small steps and rebuilding the infrastructure of trust. What happens is a lot of times when people mess up, and I don't want to go exclusively to this, but let's talk about if somebody cheats in a marriage. If you've ever been betrayed and somebody cheated on you, there's, there's almost no worse feeling. It's almost like you're being ripped from the inside out. And you don't have, if you've been through it, you don't have to nod your head or anything. Just keep looking straight ahead. I'm not trying to out anybody here today. I'm just trying to help you. Because what happens is when, 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 when somebody cheats, people say to me sometimes, Pastor, once somebody messes up and is unfaithful, can that marriage be healed? And I say absolutely yes. God is a miracle God. He can restore love and he can rebuild trust but not overnight and not without a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And it takes time. Forgiveness is instant, but there's no paper mache bridge you can drive across. The bridge you can drive across has to have concrete supports. The whole infrastructure has to be rebuilt. So here's what happens. And this is, this is a scenario that we've dealt with and heard other churches and people dealing with over the years. Somebody says, well, somebody just reconnected with an old flame on Facebook or on social media. And now it's this old conversation starting. Oh, remember when? Now the, other, now the spouse finds out about it. What do we do? Can we, can we repair it? Yeah, you can repair it. But let me say this to you. you You've got to be willing to invest the time and work. And you should forgive instantly. But here's what happens. Usually in, in, in the scenario we've had, it's been the man. It's happened with women as well. But when it's, when it's the guy, he always says, well, this happened two years ago, and now she doesn't trust me. She's looking in at all my stuff on social media. And we say, look, if you want to heal this thing, you've got to give up your right to privacy for a while. And you've got to be willing, listen, if you've got a problem with your phone, you better put your phone away for a while. You better find a whole new plan for your phone or your device. Because what happens is 
you get in those habits, you get in these things, you, get, you, get into, you, you open up to wrong images and stuff on your phone, and that leaves an imprint in your brain. Scientists are proving how, how destructive pornography is. And the problem is, it's just, so what happens with guys is they go, oh, well, just a little bit's not bad. Just a little bit's not bad. Well, that little bit will begin to blackmail you and torture your soul and try to get it to be a little more and a little more. Then your spouse feels violated because they feel like they're not enough. My friends, can we be frank this month? Can we talk about what these bridges I'm talking about? These are relationships. And I'm talking about stuff we all deal with. This is not, this is not a, 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 an evil few. This is our whole culture. Pastors, leaders, elders. We're all dealing with it. One of the things that will keep you right is if you understand the price for failure. Because it's going to be a lot of work to fix it. And we've sat with people that have sobbed, gut-wrenching. I just didn't think, and this is, this is what I just didn't think it would get to this. That's exactly what the devil does. You didn't think it would get to that. This month, we're going to talk about how to, how to navigate this stuff, how to work through, how to find healing, how to find wholeness, how to rebuild the right bridge, how to keep that covenant, how to, how to recover when, you're, when you've messed it up. But the very first thing is you've got to develop discernment. The Lord has given each of his children a measure of discernment, but the Bible says discernment has to be exercised. If you don't use it, you lose it. If you don't use it, you lose Discernment is not suspicion. I said this, I think, last week, just out of my heart. Discernment does not mean cynicism and suspicion. Elvis used to have a song called Suspicious Minds. So I'm talking about suspicious minds. I'm talking about you're looking for the best in people, but in a certain situation, there's a gut. I call it a quirk. There's a quirk. And I'm not saying people, you know, don't try to label, I think that person's doing this, this, and this. You're not the judge. I'm just saying, when you get the warning in your spirit, you need to learn how to respond in your spirit. And not let it be a gossipy thing, but listen, between people you do trust that are proven you can trust them. You've got to be able to have, a, between a husband and wife specifically, there's got to be an open door where you can communicate those things without chopping each other down. Part of spiritual maturity is being able to recognize the difference between the precious and the vile, the true and the counterfeit. Our class today for Next Steps is called Find Your Purpose, Discover. Pastor Gail is going to be teaching about the motivational gifts that God gave, personality gifts in Romans chapter 7, seven different personality gifts. There, there's one that, that we're calling um, perception. The King James, the New King James calls it pro prophetic, but it's not about prophesying. It's 
People that are perceptive, they're intuitive, they're more perceptive. There's another group called mercy. And I'm just telling you, if you get too, if you get so into your mercy motivation, if you're a merciful person, then you are always rooting for the underdog. And whenever you hear something that is kind of jaded, you just oh, you just feel that. That's God put that in you. But don't get fooled because you're mercy motivated. Don't get manipulated just because you have that compassion. We all need compassion. Hear me. But don't get over in a ditch somewhere because you want to fix everybody's problem because you feel personally responsible just because somebody is hurting. We all need to be comforting those that are hurting, but don't get pulled off the road. Don't get pulled off by not allowing God to work through you. Discernment. Have mercy, but be discerning. Amen? Be perceptive as you can be. Now, the perceptive people, and it's not always the women, but the, per- the, the perceptive motive, motive gift will be much more in tune with, mm, I don't feel right about that. And I would just say to you, when you're growing in your spiritual gifts, learn to trust the Holy Spirit and that unction inside. It's, God's not trying to tell you how evil anybody is. He's just trying to tell you they might have the wrong chemistry for you. Can I tell you most affairs, talking about affairs earlier, begin as emotional affairs, not sexual affairs. They begin as conversations that crossed a line to be able to share your heart with someone other than your spouse. That's it. And I want to tell you, and I'm just going to be, if this is for you, if you're at work and you've started to form attachments or say things, well, you know, my wife doesn't understand me, but I can tell you. Warning, warning, Will Robinson, warning. Okay, you are lost in space. You, you need, you, listen, learn to respond to the unction and the Bible says, flee youthful lust, flee. What does that mean? One foot in front of the other, stage right. I'm gone. See, that is, I'm just, how do you flee? You run. How do you run? One foot in front of the other fast. You got to break those things. Be nice to people, but when eyelashes are fluttered or flirtation starts to deal, you got to deal with it right then. I don't know why I'm on this soapbox today, but I feel like I'm speaking to somebody and I have no idea who. I don't know anything in the natural, but I'm telling you in my heart, I feel a warning for somebody in the room. Please hear me. Because you don't want to sit with people like we have over 32 years of ministry, 30 years almost here, with people saying, why didn't I see it? I didn't think it would go that far. The prayer of Solomon when God comes to him In 1 Samuel 3, God says, Solomon, I'm pleased with your offerings. Ask me for anything you want. And Solomon's prayer, you know, it was for wisdom. We think that, here's what it was, the message to this way. Here's what I want, Solomon said. Give me a God-listening heart. Can somebody say amen? Amen. 
give me a God-listening heart so I can lead your people well, discerning the difference between good and evil. For who on their own is capable of leading your glorious people? Lord, for me to fulfill my destiny, for you to fulfill your destiny, we need the prayer of that heart of Solomon. God, give me a God-listening heart and help me to discern the good from the evil. Help me to know what to do. In our culture today, if anything goes, we've forgotten that our God has given us spiritual gifts that help us see beyond the surface. The Holy Spirit living in you can give you that quickening, can give you that little caution, the yellow light, or that warning, the red light in your heart. Jesus said this. He said, you will recognize a tree by its fruit. What does that mean? That means that every one of us, that, what, that our lives are producing something. And you can tell what it's producing. You don't need a sign on a banana tree to say, this is a banana tree. You just look and see if it has bananas. Amen? You don't need a sign on fruit trees to determine. You just look at the fruit. And in your life, God has given you the same ability to be a fruit inspector, not to be critical of everybody else, but to be discerning, to have an understanding when the warning is coming, to be aware that not everybody has a right to be in your inner circle. Not everybody has a right to lead you, to speak into your life. A couple more things and I'm done. We've already kind of talked about it, but Hollywood is all about appearances. You ever go to uh, Disney Hollywood Studio, take the backstage tour? And you go see those houses and you drive on the side of them and they're just facades. They look, they look like beautiful, that's a beautiful house. That old golden girl's house is there. They, they, what a beautiful house. And it's just a facade. There's nothing actually in the house. There's no house. It's just the front of the house. That's what TV and movies are more today than they've ever been. Just a shell and no substance. You and I have to begin to see beyond that, beyond just appearances. Hollywood is not able to teach people about authentic relationships. Why? Because friendships are proven in the toughest moments. I'm almost done. I'll try to land the plane right now. But let me say this. As we built relationships with people like the Hazes, Pastor Lindsay, Chalks, my sister, and Jeff, different ones of you that have been here for years. As we built relationships, part of the way we worked through is you could find out who you could trust by when you went through something horrible and how people responded in that time. We had friends that we thought were friends that the first time we went through a little bit of controversy, they're like, gone. And they're like, dude, what happened to you? Well, it got uncomfortable. Yeah, but friends, I, I, said, I said to one friend one time, I said, I feel like we were, we were in a boat and all of a sudden the boat got a hole and you bailed and just jumped out of my boat and just leave me with the hole. And what happens is that when you start to be tested, and I've shared this before, but it's important you know this, there are some, don't hear me wrong, okay? 
There are some friends that will still be your friends even when they see you unanointed. There was a time when we went through something where Pastor Chris, I called him up and I said, I need you to come to my house. I'm about to cuss. I used to have a problem with my language and after I got saved, God set me free. And so I hadn't cussed in years and I knew I was about to cuss. I said, look, look, I want you to come over here. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm about to cuss and I'm about to say it. And I want to witness because I don't want to go too far and I'm going to repent after this. <laughs> but I am in a situation where I am so frustrated and I feel like here I am trying to do it right, but you need to know and, and part of this was, I said to my wife, well, we'll know if we can trust Pastor Chris or not. Because if it gets all out of the church, Pastor Richard has foul language. Nobody's going to be there. I've shared the story half a dozen times over the last 30 years. I don't know if he's ever shared it. Nor would he. But I was wrecking, brecking, bricking, bracking, bricking, bugging, bracking, you know, that kind of, you know, where they just write all those all the squiggly stuff on the cartoons. I, w- I just said, okay, I'm done. I feel better. Please forgive me. God, I didn't mean to offend you, God. And I, and, and, but I need, sometimes you need somebody who can see you with your makeup off, ladies. Not that any here, many of you here needs makeup. I need to finish the message. It's just... <laughs> Guard your heart, but trust your God. First Corinthians 2 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. Pastor Lindsay, help me out. It's impossible to live the right life with the wrong friends. And only you can determine who you hang out with. That's not my job. My job is to determine in my life where everybody fits because I love people. The biggest areas of my life where I've gotten burned in my life is because I trusted the wrong ones at the wrong time. It's probably the same for you. The great thing about our God is we can trust him all the time. We can trust him. We can build that bridge and be aware of anything else that we got to burn. Friendships and relationships become a picture of where you're headed. If you, if you could introduce me to your five closest friends that you're hanging out with mostly right now, I can tell you your future. Because that's where, that's where you're headed. In the direction of your friends. Jesus said, you'll know your friends because they're willing to lay their lives down for you like he did. Let's pray. Father, thank you for helping us to understand relationships more this month. Father, I pray for any relationships that have been, that have suffered betrayal. And I ask you to bring healing. I ask you to bring mending. I pray for those who've been through a divorce. 
or a broken down relationship that was long term. God, would you bring wholeness? Only you can heal those deep wounds within us. Would you reach into the people's lives that are in this room or the people connecting with us in our online campus today, Holy Spirit, and bring healing and wholeness. In the mighty name of Jesus. Just keep your heads bowed just for a moment. Maybe you don't know Jesus. This is your moment to ask him, Jesus, come into my life. I need you. And even if you already know the Lord, you're not exempt from relationship, pain, or problems. But I would ask you to ask the Lord today to touch those areas deep in your soul where you've been burned and where you're still scarred. Because I'm going to say love is real. God's love is real. And God has somebody for you. If you're married, that person is your spouse. Father, I ask you to reach into hearts and minds and lives today and heal those that have been singed or burned. Bring wholeness into every life Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.